I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. Since we last did one of these, we've played three games. Uh, we've won two and lost one. So it's a pretty celebratory mood over this uh, Stop Hammer Time. I think the mood is uh, buoyant at the moment. Two victories and one very narrow defeat. So everything's all right with the world. Here to discuss uh, how, we, how positive we feel are, uh, first of all, as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. And joining us today, it is a, a journalistic legend. It is, of course, Jim Monroe. And after everything that Phil said, from the intro up to that very last statement, don't believe anything else he says for the rest of his podcast. <laughs> right. Uh, well, OK, well, let's see about that. Um, before we start, uh, as you know, as a season ticket holder to, to the club, I get emails uh, arriving normally uh, on a Monday morning after a game's been played from uh, personalities and people working within the club. And uh, one dropped into my inbox uh, this morning. Um, I'll just... Uh, I'll just read it to you and just give it a, this is for people that don't, you know, aren't season ticket holders and don't get these emails. So just to give a flavour of it, um, it goes, uh, uh, hello, Philip, David Moyes here. Today is an emotional one for all of us here in the UK and abroad. And while I pledge allegiance to King Charles III, and I'm pleased for him, it's a huge step up for him and I don't think he's ready. So I'm sticking with Queen Elizabeth II. I don't think we should just throw him in at the deep end. Let's stick with what's tried and tested. He's done well as Prince of Wales, but King of Great Britain and the Commonwealth, that's a whole new level. Doing well in Wales is one thing, but two words, Robbie Earnshaw. That's all I'm saying. 
To be honest, I don't know much about him. I know he likes the goons. He's got a dodgy brother. He might have had his wife killed. Seems unlikely. I've suggested to Buckingham Palace that they leave things as they are for now. Maybe let him be king of Guernsey for a bit or the Isle of Wight, just to give him some minutes. See how he gets on and make a decision then. No point in rushing into things. As somebody who uses a lot of stamps, because email seems like it's a bit of a fad, like Minidisc or Jedwood or Danny Drinkwater, and I'm sure it's going. I'm not sure it's going to catch <coughs> on. I think suddenly changing the face of the person on the stamp—that's a disaster. We'd have to get familiar with a whole new stamp, how it behaves, how to get the best out of the stamp, and I've therefore stockpiled two hundred thousand stamps with Queen Elizabeth II's face on. Here's to 70 more years, and that is satire. Come on, you irons. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting Ex- thoughts. <laughs> Interesting thoughts. He's, he's um, reluctant to make changes, isn't he? He's reluctant to make changes. Yeah. Should we, we talk about the games? Here are the games. Here are uh, on uh, just, uh, just before we did this podcast, uh, just after we did the last podcast, uh, we, uh, we played... Um, uh, Star Bucharest, FCSB, as they like to be called. FCSB standing for Football Club Star Bucharest. So I'm not quite sure why they wanted to change that. Um, we won that 3 1. Uh, we went to that, didn't we, Jim? Yes, um, we did. Uh, and then uh, a week later, we played Silkeborg. Uh, we beat them 3 2. Uh, and then another weekend, just a slight hiccup, uh, we got beat by Everton. Um, <laughs> But uh, very as is traditional. I mean, it's like it's like reverting to old old values, really. Uh, Mm, It mm. it was uh, it was it was traditional Elizabethan values. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't. All I saw was the BBC's kind of text feed coming in uh what was sort of frustrating about that was we seem to be getting uh, a lot of shots on goal a lot of corners uh and just not putting the ball in the net this this, the everton game where the everton game yeah yeah i mean look the bare facts of the matter are that, that, that everton were there for the taking and we should have won the game yeah um but we uh we didn't play well enough. Um, even on, even though we didn't play well, they didn't play well either. And we had the better chances in the game. Their their one goal came out of nothing, and they didn't threaten yeah. to score either before or after that. The um, scant, the scant seven minutes of you know match of the day two, which I watched, sort of made it look like we were the better team. It was more or less us carving out you well, know half chance after half chance for the whole thing. Uh, uh, I think we, in a sense, we were the better team, but we, we, some of some of our play was, you know, ponderous, giving the ball away. The decision making in the final third has been a problem all season. Um, the set pieces seem to, which would have been a great strength uh, for the first couple of years under Moyes, have turned to shit. Uh, Fourteen corners, and and I'm not sure we threatened to score with one of them. Well, one. Yeah, just one near the end. We sort of went to the back post, and Rice headed it back across, and it was a bit, oh, yeah. it was a bit of danger. But I think that 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 was it, you know. And we're not having any luck, you know. Ben Rama on another day that hits the inside of the post and goes in. We, we've we've hit the post or the woodwork 
five times this season. Only Liverpool have, have done that, have hit the yeah. woodwork more um, once more. And, and those, are, I think, have been crucial crucial moments. I mean, you know, um, against Spurs, those, those the two against Nottingham Forest, you know, it's been, um, you know, so things haven't gone our way. But Jim, on the Jim. other hand, you know, the, yeah. the team seems to be lacking cohesion and confidence. I don't think he's worked out what his best side is. Jim M. Seems Jim, to want an hour on the ball, you know. Jim Monroe, what did you make of it? I'm still fuming, to be honest with you. Right. Like, it's taken me a couple of days to try and calm down. Um, because I wouldn't say I've been an apologist for Moyes. I've been a big supporter of David Moyes yeah. and everything he's done. But right from the pre-season games, which were pretty abject, all the way through this season in the league, we'll put Europe to one side for the time being, in the league, there's an attitude problem with the players. There seems to be confusion as to what they're meant to be doing. Things that worked last season with the same players aren't working now. Um, he made some comments during the summer and, and while we were buying people like Aguered, who's a, who's a known good pass for the ball, and Kera, who's a known good pass for the ball, that we needed to spend more time passing the ball around. But the mm. players seem to have translated that into passing it back all the time. There's just so many occasions when a forward pass would have set players through. Um, and the few occasions we did try that, straight to an Everton defender. But I mean, there were countless examples on Sunday of occasions, as I say, where we should have been playing through. Well, there's one particularly with Suchek, where Patterson who had a very good game for them, right back. He came careering forward and he, he tumbled over and the ball went to Suchek. So their right back's now out of position. And he's got two players he can pass forward to. And instead, he turned and tried passing it back and actually passed it 10 yards behind the, the target. Wow. Um, which, that negative attitude towards what we should be doing last season would have been away. That would have been a breakthrough. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah. I, I don't know what it is um, because it's not translating to Europe, albeit we're, we're only playing in fits and starts for like 20 good minutes per game in the games we're winning. Um, there's, there's, there's something wrong. And it, I don't know if it's because people saying like he doesn't know his team, as you said, Phil, and, and making changes. When you actually look at the teams that are used to playing in Europe, they don't chop and change the teams as much, certainly not at the start of the season. It's very difficult to get any kind of flow if you're constantly making six or seven changes. Um, and I'm sure that the guys who are playing in Europe and have rattled up the four wins are looking at the guys who are failing in the Premier League at the moment and thinking, well, why am I not on the pitch? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you know, I agree I, with that, yeah. That is the problem of a bigger squad. He always said, Moyes has always said, he likes a smaller squad. Yeah. And that spirit has carried us through two seasons. But now he's got a bigger squad and he's got to deal with it. And at the moment, he's not. I feel as if, you know, um, what was really good about how our two very good years uh, with Moyes, two and a half very good years, is that the standard of the team was, you know, everyone is playing seven out of ten. And if you've got a couple playing nine out of ten, you'll probably win the game. We everyone is at like six and a half out of 10. I, I feel like nobody is really covering themselves in any glory. No one is playing especially well. No one is kind of standing out. Um, that was very apparent sort of, you know, if we, you know, we've still only played, what is it? Seven games in the, in the uh, premiership. Um, 
you know, that first game in Manchester City against Manchester City, I really thought we seemed very ill prepared. We've cut, you know, I, I've rarely seen Rice be that bad. Everyone was very poor. Ben Rama sort of looked all right. Four hours who's getting quite a lot of stick on social media. I think at least he runs about a lot and sort of sets a tempo. Um, and Rice kind of came into it in the second half in that game. Um First half against Aston Villa was absolutely abject, but I sort of that was difficult because there's so much riding on that that game. Just not losing it was was as vital as trying to get three points out of it. And I think you know the change in the second half was was huge because I think we got through that first half without conceding. So that sort of slightly took the shackles off, and suddenly. People were looking quite good who'd looked rubbish in the first half. But on the whole, you know, there's been a good half, a good performance here and there. Some good, you know, Spurs was a decent performance. Second half against Chelsea was really good, though first half was not good. Um, That's exactly it, Phil. As I was saying, we we play in 20-minute spurts, which makes it more frustrating because we can see that the players can do it. The players know they can do it. They've been doing it for two seasons. So why all of a sudden are they switching off when it comes to playing in the Premier League? There was a diagram of sort of the different, I think it was on match of the day too, of of, um, different attacking formations, because obviously the sort of, you know, the the big... um, the big identifier of any problem we might have is the fact that we are really not scoring any goals. How many have we scored? Three? Three so, in the league and then in the three league. in every game we've played in Europe. Yeah, yeah. So so in terms of, you know, staying in the top flight of English football, it's, it, is about, it is about the premiership and those three, it's just, you know, I mean, to say it's not enough goals is an understatement. And then there was a, a sort of diagram on Match of the Day showing the different attacking formations that Moyes has tried. But of course... It's a different attacking formation with the same <laughs> few players and not with uh, Skamaka and Corne in it. Mm. Uh, and, um, you know, that's a little, that is a little alarming. You know, we, Jim, while we were watching uh, the game against Chelsea, Jim, I, you said, and I think you might have said it out loud in the podcast last week, you were slightly concerned that Corne might conceivably go the same way as Vlasic. And... You know, despite not really bollocksing it up anytime you see him on the pitch, not, you know, not not noticeably bollocksing it up or, you know, making an absolute ricket of it, um, isn't getting enough time. Well, he's missed a couple of notable chances, but but he was in the position to take that, you know. Yeah. He, I, I thought, I thought you said, I think Patterson did have a good game, but I thought Corney, when he came on, had him on toast, Jim. And, and, uh, he's been one of the shining lights so far for, for me. He's he's direct. He's pacey. Um, he gets stuck in. I, I can't understand how he's not getting in the start in the starting eleven in the league. It, it makes no it makes no sense. Whereas Paqueta looks utterly lost to me. He, he doesn't he doesn't seem to have a clue what he's supposed to be doing. He wants an hour on the ball and gives it away time and time and time he again. He is he times, reminds me of. Of how lost Fornells looked when in the, his first few games. Actually, Fornells, one of his first games was a was a was a stinker at, at Everton. Um, yeah. And it's not for one to try. You can see he's a trier. You know that he's that he's a committed uh, individual. But um, we are not seeing any of the promised silky skills from him, are we? And and 
he just he just looks an absolute fish out of water at the moment um, and not worth a starting place at the moment. And yet, you know, he's starting because he's the record signing and he's the he's the marquee signing. It seems to me. Um, and other people struggle to get a look in. I, I, you know, I, I, I agree. I, I think it's 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 a bit baffling, really. What's 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 going on in that respect? Um, having I said mean, that, the, I do think sorry, we've Jim. not we've not had the rub of the green. You yeah, know, I know we've we've you know, there's countless matches. Forest hitting the crossbar. We missed a penalty. Um, the Chelsea game and VAR. There's, there are excuses you can make, but we've still lost five games out of seven. But you know what you were just saying about Cornet. Moyes goes on about bedding people in and getting them used to things. Cornet played in the Premier League. Exactly. He's not come from outer space and he knows exactly. the Premier League. Um, why isn't he playing? As you say, the chances that he had on, on Sunday, he was unlucky. The, the second chance he had, which looked like he fluffed it, it was actually uh, uh, a good tackle. Was... came in and just put yeah, just just got the ball out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, and he finished that chance against Chelsea superbly. Um, in Europe, away, um, in midweek, he, he did that lovely pass through for Skamaka from the middle, and Skamaka uh, smashed it into the top of the net. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know those those European games. We've played four of those games, and Skamaka has scored in three out of four of those yeah. games. Three out of four of those games, our new centre forward has scored in, but he can't get a starting place because David yeah. Moyes wants the old centre forward to get his confidence back. And so we'll play them both together then. You know, um, yeah. I th you know the real sort of stick in the mud. I think is is or, or you know, um, I suppose sort of sort of sticking point or or a bottleneck is is Bowen at the moment. Who I think um, it's funny because when he first came, he was such a breath breath of fresh air and was really good, and he was what we needed when we were trying to stay in the division. And Moyes had us quite a regular habit of taking him off after sixty minutes, not letting him play the whole game. And now the reverse is true. It's like you mm. could not start him and have him come off the bench, or you could play him and take him off after you know uh, sixty minutes or something, or just give. Some someone else a kind of decent length run in the game but I think I don't know I I I've he's not been catastrophically bad has he it's like you said everyone's a little bit it's individuals who are not 10. playing to their <laughs> to their capability and that's that's true right the way through the team even in patches rice although he does kind of he has that habit of kind of just lifting himself for for, for 20 minutes here and there in games but um you know, it, it, it's but it's 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 in crucial areas. We've suddenly lost all threat from set pieces. The delivery, some of the delivery from the set pieces uh, yeah. yesterday was atrocious, absolutely yeah. shocking. Where's why is that? It's bizarre. It's the same. It's people mm. like Cresswell and Bowen and and Fulnau's doing it. So you know, the people delivering the ball haven't changed. Um, we've still got some tall people. Um, Mm. It, it just seems extraordinary that you can have 14 corners and several free kicks in, in good attacking positions and not really create a chance from them. But you know, and, and we were heavily reliant on set-piece goals, you know. <laughs> I mean, um, so for that suddenly to have gone out of our game um, is a real problem. Uh, and the decision-making, as I say, you know, that... Um, we met, you mentioned a, a work, the game in Denmark, incidentally, of the three, was far and away the worst performance. We were yeah, yeah. fucking awful in Denmark. I've rarely seen a West Ham team play so badly 
and yet win a game. We didn't deserve to win that game. We were very, very lucky to get away with a win in that game, I think. Yeah, penalty and a, and a corner, set piece. Mm. I mean, I do think like, part of this thing... About... as well. Sorry? Slightly soft penalty as well, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, with this, with the set pieces, I think Ogbonna and Dawson are both quite sort of canny with set pieces and experienced with set pieces, and they're not in the side at the moment. No, yeah. well, of course, the, the corner we scored from in the in the Danish game was was with Dawson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, you if know. you were looking at that Everton game as you were through text, Phil, you could be forgiven for thinking we should have won it when you know, as Jim said, when you look at those corners totting up. Yeah. Um, there's some ridiculous. I hate XG. I don't put any store by it. No, no. But there's some stat knocking around today that in our last four league games, we've kept the opposition down to less than one XG, and yet we're going to look at the results. Um, and again, you know, is this because he's always following stats now? And he wants us to have more possession, and he wants us to be doing more things. Um, it, just ignore the stats. Just go back to what we were doing previously. Yeah. Um, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, I, I, I try not to look at it really, but, um, there's you know, a lot of, um, sort of calls for Moyes' head, you know, it's, this yeah. is enough. And, you know, given, given, um, some of the incredibly early sackings, you know, Scott Parker and Thomas Tuchel, uh, you know, <sighs> I haven't really given it any serious thought, but it's possible that, you know, his job might be in some kind of jeopardy. Um, I mean, he he can't have suddenly become sort of rubbish. I think David Moyes is one of the managers I've seen in the last 20 years that he's done things tactically. And I know, obviously, I watch West Ham more than I watch other teams, but uh, more than other West Ham managers in the last 20 years has done things that I've seen make a difference on the pitch. You could see players he's made better. You could see choices about formation. You know, when he came in after Billy and uh, really did seem to kind of take the players that, that you know, um, he thought might keep us up and then put us in a formation that uh, would keep us up. Um, so I'm sort of loath to think that he's just suddenly become kind of awful. Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember, I, I've said previously, I, I interviewed Stuart Pearce about a year ago, and if ever you, David Moyes needed someone to sing his praises and write a CV for him, it's Stuart Pearce. Yeah. You can't say enough about not just um, the modern tactics which he's employed, but also how much um, a, uh, he studies the game, and he likes to mm. try new things, he likes to bring things in. Um, and Pearce said even though he'd had his own spells as manager and assistant manager, he learnt so much from David Moyes. Yeah. The evidence is there. As you say, he came in, picked up a squad that was down, picked them up by the bootstraps and, and saved us. It's the, Twice. Not the word for it. He saved us, yeah. Twice. Um, and he has been rebuilding the club slowly. But it, the frustration is, like, ahead of the game on Sunday, I kept saying to my lad, look, we've only lost one in six, including Europe. So if you ignore the league form, so we'd only lost one in six going up to Sunday's match, it doesn't sound so bad. No, if you, no. If you then look at it after Sunday and go, we've lost five out of seven league games, all of a sudden, and then you add on the back end of last season, I don't know if you saw there's the stat knocking around, like in the last 14 games, we, we've won 42 points available. We've won nine points out of a possible 42. Yeah. Because again, we were in Europe at the back end of last season. It, it's kind of been papering over the cracks that's been going on with the league displays. 
So it's not new that we've been stuttering in the league. It's been going on for yeah. a few months. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't it, know why he can't rectify it when he's got the team <clears throat> managing to win in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also his reluctance to, you know, I mean, I guess what he's trying to do is rotate the squad. But if one squad is winning, scoring three goals every single game they play and mm. the other one isn't, I would sort of think about swapping quite a lot of personnel and also keeping together some of that team. Because if they're linking up and finding each other and scoring three goals as a, repu- as a as a part of it, I'd be seeing who those guys are and yeah. putting them out on the pitch again and again. You know, it... it I mean, the, when the team line-up came out against Forest and it was sort of no new faces at yeah. all and some very old faces. I think, you know, I, I think I posted, you know, a joke on Facebook. But similarly, when I saw the lineup against Everton, I sort of thought that, you know, if, if Cresswell has to be sort of rushed back from injury or suspension and it's it's absolutely a joy you know, when there's even put the possibility that he might return to the first 11, what is the new guy for? Because, you know, Cresswell, you can't just play him until he's in a bath chair. You've got to be giving him, and, and, you know, I guess he thinks he's giving him minutes in the European games and games that Cresswell can't play in. But, I mean, I would be thinking about starting that guy because, yeah, you know, yeah. I think yeah. the, the, probably the most extreme example of what we're we're talking about is Flynn Downs, who mm. in the game against uh, Bucharest, I thought was possibly our best player. Yes, Certainly he was one right. of our best players. I was, I thought he was a revelation. He was all over the place. He, his distribution was good. He put a tackle in. He seemed to be yeah. reading the game well. Um, he's not kicked a ball since. No, no. I, I, I couldn't was. believe he wasn't in the starting line-up then, following that performance in the next European game. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he, he when you know, it was Coventry, he came on as the substitute, not him. And then he's not, he's not, he's not, basically not kicked a ball in the league, has he? And, and Suchet had an absolute stinker against Everton, you Did know. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was, yeah, it was terrible, I thought. Um, I mean, he's always putting a foot in, winning some headers, you know, he's, he's, yeah. he's you know, he he doesn't not you know doesn't disappear and doesn't not contribute, but by his standards, he had a he had a poor game, and you know you'd you'd have hoped that, that Downs' performance in that in that European game would, would mean he's kind of pushing for a start in that position, you know, yeah. and we're losing games, so it gets to a point where you go well, you know, uh, they can't do worse can they, than lose the game, so mm. um, at some point you 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 feel so I think he's. Big turnover players, not familiar for Moyes. He stated that he, he likes having a small squad that only likes kind of incrementally sort of evolving it. I, I, for one reason or another, we've spent a lot of money and he's got a lot of players now to integrate uh, into the team um, uh, and, and very little time in which, you know, in which to do it because the pressure is on from the word go and, 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 you know, struggling to do it at the moment. Plus the mm. fact we have lost Pierce and Noble from the dressing room. And I wonder whether that's that just that kind of get up and go motivating um, t- team spirit thing has yeah. been, been affected by that. It's difficult to tell, isn't it? But yeah. um, they're certainly not 
at it in the way that they have been, you know, um, in previous seasons under Moyes. There's, there's no question about that. Mm. No, I agree. I, I wonder whether, um, you know, uh, you know, Fabianski is another sort of prime example in a way of, of, of um, this reluctance to change at the moment because, again, you know, it feels like there was a slight mood of celebration when we managed to tie Ariola down yes. to a contract of the club, signed him from PSG, and you, you would have thought he might start to in the same way that, you know, obviously Sam Allardyce had, a, you know, quite a fondness for Jaskalainen, but he bit bit the bullet and started playing Adrian, you know, even yeah. though you know, he just swapped their roles, you know, and the, the Jaskalainen was the backup keeper to Adrian. And it feels like, you know, there's a sort of time to do that just for, you know, just some uh, fresh hands in the team. But um, I, I wonder with... What he needs to do in this international break, I know people are going to be away and God forbid we get any injuries, but he needs to sit down and assess how every game has gone so far this season. Look at the individual performances and he needs to come up. He needs to draw up, regardless of whether people have played one match, seven matches or whatever, he needs to draw up what he thinks is a is the best starting eleven for whatever tactics he wants to play. And then he needs to try and stick with it for two or three matches. And okay, you're asking people to play three matches in a week, perhaps. Mm. But you might need to bring someone in because someone's feeling a tweak in their knee or something. But making all these changes every game is not working. It's unsettling. No. And it's very, very evidently unsettling. I also wonder if the captaincy is weighing a bit on Declan Rice's shoulders because you know, you've mentioned the, the lack of a Mark Noble there now. And Declan Rice feels that he's got to try and carry that mantle. I mean, even to the, the extent of the... Uh, the American golfer, who's a big West Ham fan, who Mark Noble used to phone up, that there was Declan Rice playing golf with him the other day, as if like he, he <laughs> felt that was part of what he needed to do. Yeah. Um, so you know, and that uh, he's not played, he's not playing up to his usual standard either. I'm not saying that he's been disastrous because a lot of the time he's trying to get back, pick the ball up, and carry it forwards. But again, you know, there's, there's definitely something around the application and the attitude of the players that's just not, it's not right at the moment. No, that's right. Uh, we'll be back after this message. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. Um, I was thinking, you know, apropos Gerald Bowen, that I, I just, I, I wonder whether he just feels Moyes this is that uh, he doesn't want to be the manager that loses Gerald Bowen, his England place. And uh, so he's just keeping him out there kind of playing because I remember, and I think I've alluded to this before, maybe even the same thing about Gerald Bowen when, you know, um, um, Oh God, I've forgotten his name. The Manchester Joe Hart, Joe Hart. Um, 
Joe Hart was signed by Slaven Bilic. We then had a very, very bad season and he was replaced by Adrian because he was so sort of relentlessly bad. And then at, I think, you know, the transfer window time, there were kind of interviews with Joe Hart about the forthcoming World Cup because Pickford hadn't particularly sort of established himself yet or was maybe on the on the verge of establishing himself. There were a couple of other goalkeepers in the frame to be England's goalkeeper and... Um, part of, I think, why he'd left Manchester City was he wanted to get game time to get back in the shop window at age 35 to perhaps have his last hurrah at a World Cup. And um, I, I don't know if it's my imagination, but I think, you know, either he sort of implied or Moyes implied that, you know, if if Adrian then balls it up, uh, Hart would get in. And that was sort of what happened. Like, Adrian made, you know, just a ricket in a game, which, in a, you know, in any other circumstances would make no difference at all. Just, a you know, goalkeepers make mistakes all the time. That's how goals get scored. But um, uh, the tiniest chink allowed Joe Hart to get back in and be fucking awful. And then finally we got Adrian back for the end of the season after David Moyes reluctantly, after bad performance, after bad performance every game, which is why he'd been dropped in the first place after quite a lot of games. Slaven Bilic finally reluctantly dropping him and, uh, you know, allowing Ad Adrian to play between the sticks. Um, and that felt sort of sentimental on Moyes' behalf. It felt like, uh, you know, this lad wants to get back in the England setup. I'm going to see if I can help him. And I feel like... You know, the opposite, as I say, of when Bowen first came, where, where Moyes had no qualms about kind of hauling him off. He'd play him, but he'd haul him off after 60 minutes. And you're going, leave him out there. He's, you know, he's making a difference. He's good. Um, now he is sort of leaving him out there and, in, you know, sort of picking him a bit, sort of, you know, maybe too often. Similarly, you know, we've been crying out for years for Antonio to be a sort of impact substitute and that starting Skamaka and trying to identify how he was able to score those goals in Europe uh, and not during his short cameos in the Premier League, address that and let him start. Yeah, I mean, Bowen, his best game, ironically, was probably when he came on at half-time against Stow. Mm. Um, was was very cool with that penalty, having had to wait an awful long time to take it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, he's he's been off the boil. You know, you can't, you can't deny it. Um, and if anything, he's quite lucky to have been recalled to the England squad. I think so. I don't think they could have been watching him too much. No, I agree. But I agree with that. I agree with that. There's um, a couple of players that have kind of come back. Rashford, you know, is back to his best. And given that now England's forward line is pretty much all attacking midfielders and Harry Kane, there are very few out-and-out -out strikers. That almost puts more pressure on Bowen because he's now competing with... Grealish, Saka, Raheem Sterling, you know, Mount, yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, and, and, and Sancho. Uh, a lot of, you know, to... quite high-functioning players. Yeah, so and, something uh, yes, like his, his, his true form, isn't he, for Man United as well. So, yeah, I, I, yeah it's it's all very, very inexplicable. I, I, um, Lanzini has been pretty useless this season so far as well. Um, you I could thought, argue that's that. a continuation Sorry, to interrupt him. I was going to say, yeah. I thought the Fornells, actually, he, when he came on a couple of matches ago in Europe, he was a class above everybody else. Yeah. Against yeah. Everton on Sunday, he, he couldn't 
he couldn't tackle, he couldn't pass the ball. Um, it was the complete opposite. Um, but he I'm not kept, singling him out. We kept because... running the blind alleys, didn't we? We kept kind of... Yeah. I mean, I felt, particularly second half, especially after Ben Rama and, and Corne came on, we were getting behind them very, very easily. You know, yeah. the number of corners we got. You know, they had a real problem... You know, and, and some of our in that some of our sort of attacking third play and interplay was good, but the decision making, like I said, and 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 the, this kind of dwelling on the ball or, or or just pointlessly kind of I'm just going to kick it towards the middle of the penalty area and mm, where yeah. it's going to get blocked or whatever without, you know, so it's it, it it's um it's very very frustrating because you know you could see also you know. Um, Cody, Cody must have nightmares about Antonio because he's given him an absolutely torrid time whenever he's played against him when he was at Wolves. Um, and you can see he pulled him down for a yellow card in, quite early on in the first half, didn't he? Where he yeah. knows Antonio has absolutely got him for pace. So they've got, they've got Cody and Tarkovsky at the back, decent stoppers, but no pace. And we, we, you know, we, we really, really didn't exploit the fact that we... Um, you know, we played clever balls into channels, get runners in behind. You know, it was all just breaking down the whole time, wasn't it? You know, mm. having got into a decent position, you know. Um, uh, yeah, and they were absolutely there for the taking. We had twice as many shots with 14 corners out of that. You've, you know, and we were unlucky with the one that hit the post. Corner, the keeper made a decent save from Corner, you know. Uh, in the end, you, you you dominate a game to that to that degree. You'd have to win it. You just have to win it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, um, it can't keep carrying on, can it? Because eventually no. we're gonna we're gonna lose confidence to such an extent that we won't be the better team in games. You know, we've been the better team against them, against Forest, and and come away with defeats. So. Yes, I, I think that I think the fact that you know we're sort of unanimous in saying that in in a sense the whole team is underperforming this season. You know that was really clear in the first game against Manchester City because I feel like um, you know people like to uh, on social media like scapegoating people and they like a pile on. So for a while, Suchek was really getting it in the neck from people and still is to a degree. It was very pleasing for him to score against Spurs. But I, what I felt in his defence was that the whole team is playing badly. So when the whole team is playing badly, individuals are playing badly. And I thought, you know, I thought at least he did his running around, trying to break play up, putting a foot in. He was, you know, nowhere near his standard of the previous couple of years going forward, but at least he was trying to sort of prevent the other team scoring. So I, I thought he was unfairly scapegoated, but it is as if, so, you know, something has changed, a mood has changed. As you say, you know, perhaps Stuart Pearce and um, Mark Noble's influence missing was sort of more, more, more important than it seemed it would be when they left. Moyes himself in post-match interviews seems a little bit less fired up. He does, he's sort of less incisive in his comments. He's more like, you know, well, we, you know, we didn't play well enough to win. Uh, or I thought we played well, we should have won. Um, it's a little bit more just resigned this season. I, I almost feel like he's lost his mojo a little he bit He seems as well. to be blaming the players a bit more as well. He's not, yes, he's not afraid to say yes, the players yes. couldn't yeah. put more than two or three passes together or they were making the wrong decisions in the final third and what have you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. That's a challenge to the dressing room. Yeah. yeah. 
So what what would you what would you like to see going forward? Because we've got um we've got nine games in October. Yes. It's like a game every three days in October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are um you know, well, I mean, all Premier League games are now tough Premier League games for us. You know, I don't think there's anyone that can't beat us. You know, no, no, um, that's true. I don't think there's anyone that we, you know, uh, is going to particularly fear us. Um, we're, you know, we've already lost to two quite low functioning teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you know, and mixed with that is is European games. Uh, well, which... two games against the toughest opposition in the group in Anderlecht, I would have thought. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, they're not going to be easy games. Um, you know, the, the one advantage of that is with, with, with the, um, the first of the games, so if we can get a win in, in Anderlecht, um, that's pretty much the group that's qualification sewn up, isn't it? Three. Yeah. You know, not, yeah. And probably realistically with Silkeborg to play at home, realistically probably going to top the group if we can win that game. So we need to go balls out for that one. And then we could probably field quite a weakened team for the, the second game and that because, uh, you know, uh, it, it's not going to yeah, matter. We, we got we to um, but yeah, and they're, 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 you know, on the paper, there are some, you know, you've got the next three are Wolves, Fulham and Southampton in the league now um, and two of them at home. So, if we don't pick up points from those games, uh, then, you know, uh, we're away at Anfield. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that Wolves game is going to be, going to be big. It's going to yeah. be, important. um, you know, we have to win that. I think it's a must win. Yeah. Put yourself in this position again, where players start getting anxious. Yeah. Every game is a tough game because of the position you're in. Well, it's, you know, it's been so nice the last couple of seasons where, oh, last season we had a cracking start of the season. Yeah. And, you know, looking below the middle of the table was never needed throughout the course of the season. Um, no, I mean, G- Jim, you and I went to the Villa game and the yes. first half of that game, uh, we played oh. extremely badly. But I think it was that, you know, for every single player on that pitch, it, it's just... It's paralyzing the sort of the the weight that you're under of expectation because you because you're you're just desperate not to lose that game. You know, like yeah. it was yeah. uh, Emerson's debut, wasn't it? And he um, was, I just think, frightened to go forward. You yeah. Know, the next yeah. game he played in, if it wasn't one of the European ones, was I think Spurs, and he was, you know, he and um, Paqueta got in there each other's way in the other team's penalty area. He yeah. was kept yeah. out in their penalty area, yeah. but against Villa in the first half, I think he just didn't know what to do. Is this is his debut in a team that's lost its previous three games and failed to score and. He just was like, I just can't fuck up. I just can't. Yeah. And, and so yeah. he was very timid. In fact, he was hauled off. But we saw him in subsequent games, Spurs and Chelsea. And, you know, he looks good. Well, he in, in that home game against Bucharest, we, I think we saw a bit of what he actually offers because he was yeah. going past people, taking people on. He carries the ball. He's, you know, I think I think he's, he's a more dynamic, uh, going to be a more dynamic attacking fullback than... than Cresswell can be now simply because Cresswell doesn't have the legs uh, no. anymore to do it. Um, but they he, he, they he played both of them in silver ball, didn't he? We played with the back three, and yeah. it didn't 
work. We were defensively, we were a shambles in Denmark, an utter shambles. I mean, they 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 really should have scored three or four against us. Um, uh, Ariola made a couple of good saves, and I agree about. I, I, I think it's baffling that Fabianski gets in ahead of Ariola. I really do. I don't, I don't get that at all. Um, I think it's I think it's baffling that at the moment Fornau starts wide on the left ahead of Corne. I think it's I think it is unfortunately a, a bit baffling that um, Paqueta starts ahead of Ben Rama as number ten at the moment because Ben Rama has been one of our better players this season. Uh, yeah, it's all a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with you, as you say. Uh, just seeing when the guys came on, Corne and Ben Rama came on on Sunday. Instantly, we look better, and they, they each should have scored, to be honest. Yeah. Probably. Um, I can only think he started with Fornells because he thought we probably needed somebody who's a bit more defensively minded. Yes, uh, maybe. Um, maybe. But, but yeah, the slight, those guys should be in from the start. Um, we, we do want to win the group in Europe because if you run us up, you then go into that extra knockout round That's where you right. face the, yeah. the clubs who've come down from the Europa League. So it'd be handy not to have to play that as well. Yeah, big game. If we win in Andalax, I think we'll win the group. Yeah, because that'll yeah. be that'll be that'll be nine points. Almost certainly, we we we'll, we'll beat Super Bowl at home. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that's a that's the crunch game. That one. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of uh, Soufal? I thought against Chelsea, I thought he looked a little bit sort of back to something like his best, but. His crossing was really poor. Just a lot of profligate, you know, quite hopeful. Just balls into, you know. I think yeah. his relationship with Bowen isn't clicking like it has no, done the past I two agree. seasons, and I that agree. that's then making him second guess what he should be doing. And it's not as smooth as it used to be. It's not as sharp as it used to be. Yeah, I think um, that's a good point because we often, and I think quite rightly at times, criticise final balls in, you know, as, 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 as a problem. But sometimes that's to do with poor runs, poor space, you know, poor decision-making yeah. yeah. by players ahead of the ball in the box, you know, um, not, not making those up. But, you know, that's why I like the look of the near post run that Skamaka made for the, for the, um, uh, the goal in the preliminary, the one he scored in the, the, the first yeah. Denmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of movement, you know, I'm going to get ahead of the defender. That kind of thing yeah. gives someone an option. You know, there was a there was a point early on where we got in behind. Bowen won the ball, got in behind, um, and you know, put a ball across the box for an Antonio coming in. But you know, Antonio was right behind the defender. It was never going to. It was never mm-hmm. going to. You know, the only way we were going to score is if, we, if they got an unlucky own goal off that, yeah. like the one yeah. Kara scored. You know, against Spurs. So. Um, you know, you need sometimes you need someone to. I remember early on, Fornals used to get into good. He didn't always finish them, but he used to get into good goal scoring positions. And, and and I remember being interviewed and saying, I say to them, I'm always going to be on the penalty spot. I'll yeah. always be on the penalty spot. And he seems to have stopped doing doing that. You know, we don't. When Bowen looks up, he's got no one to cut the ball back to. He's only got the guy running in. Yeah, yeah, well marked by the defender. So you know, sometimes it all happens in a in a flash, and we, and, and we don't necessarily we blame the person who's hit a duff cross. But sometimes that's because 
people aren't giving them options, you know, not 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 showing for it in the, in the box. The uh, uh, the range of goals Skamaka has scored in those uh, uh, three he scored in <laughs> have been really good. A, a sort of towering header from near the uh, near the penalty spot, um, a near post clever deft cut in, and yeah. then just whacking it into the roof of the neck. It was a good finish. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was he was one of our best players at Silver Bowl, definitely. He yeah. was starting to, you know, hold it up well and bring people into play. You can see what he's potentially got to offer. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm still optimistic about him. I was going to say, the only game he struggled in was that style match, but then he'd been ill for 10 days. Yeah, probably yeah. Just a bit too early. I mean, he looked a bit yeah, lady. And he, he looked jaded, didn't he? Yeah. 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 So he's, he can forgive him that when uh, yeah. when he's played so well in the other three matches. Yes, I mean, you know, there were a couple of baffling misses in that game, just dragging it, just yeah. dragging it limply across the six-yard box instead of putting in the net. That you, you, you just can't, you know, you're like, well, if he does that regularly, he can't be an Italian number nine or have ever been offered the chance to be the Italian number nine. So yeah. it clearly was an aberration rather than, yeah. oh, yeah. he's rubbish. What a race, yeah. waste of money. Absolutely. Jim, what do you make of Carer? Because we, we, I think Phil and I like him. I like him as a footballer. He mm. looks, he looks like a real kind of classy player, but he's kind of, he keeps being conspicuously turning up at the scene of the crime, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, um, I, I agree with you. He's, he's a very good again, footballer. He, he could really have got closer to the Mopai, I think, and blocked that shot. You know, it was a bit... He's leaning back. He allows yeah. the space for that shot. We, we actually... I, I had a discussion with somebody about that because it, the goal itself was all snapshot, wasn't it? It was ping with the pass bounce yes. back of the net. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Kara's first instinct was this ridiculous thing that defenders have to do now, which is put your hands behind your back. Yeah, yeah. As he did that, he slightly leant to his left. And of course, Mopay's volley went to the other side of him. Um, but I think he's a very good ball player. It's interesting, actually. There's quite a nice stat about Kara I like. Um, because people say that he's, he's small for centre-back. Do you actually know how tall he is? He's over six foot, surely. Yeah, he's six foot one. It's so like Nathan Ake is five foot nine. But this is, people regularly wow. think like Ake is this big towering centre back and Kerr is this quite diminutive character who scuttles about. Uh, Ake's got big him. hair. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's only half an inch down on uh, Ballon Dawson. So, um, you know, he's <laughs> he's got the height. The one thing I, I that... I did note when he first joined us was the amount of PSG fans saying he'll fall over at least 10 times a game. Um, right. Now, some of that is while he's trying to tackle um, and they took great pleasure in the fact that he scored that own goal against Tottenham, but he didn't really have any option there. He got stung no. on his shoulder. Um, so I think he's actually, I think he'll be very good for us in the long run. And yeah, I think a, so too. He's a very good footballer and he's a, Probably one of the most skillful um, defenders that we've we've got. Of course, we've not seen a Gued yet. No, there was a, there was, a, there was um, fact knocking around about him when Moyes bought him that for like the previous two seasons, out of any outfield player, not just defenders, he'd made the most forward passes in the top five leagues in Europe. So again, yeah. going back to this thing about Moyes wanting ball players and you know, have yeah. more possession and have more confidence on the ball. Um, so it'd be interesting to see the two of them together. It's it Zoomer who worries me. He looks like he's injured from the second minute of every match. It, it, it looks like he's running through treacle, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
which sort of does does you know lead us to I mean obviously Aguerd getting injured the second we bought him uh, has set us back a little but you know you can't place your sort of full confidence in a sort of recuperated Ogbonna being exactly the same footballer that he was before he wrecked his knee and aged another year, you know. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, it'd be great if he is back to his best. And, you know, it is possible we may give, you know, uh, Dawson sort of compassionate leave to... Depart the club in in Jay. He seems to want you know want to move back north. Family yeah. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so suddenly we could conceivably be short again. There was actually talk of we wanted to. There was a defender. Yeah, we wanted, day, wasn't the Bednarek and others we were looking at. Yeah. 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 There's rumours. There was rumours of someone who on a free, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember who it was now. Um, yeah. I mean, but then again, that would purely be a stopgap, wouldn't it? Just to just to just to cover the squad mm. if Dawson were to, to move move away. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I almost feel I almost feel we need some of Dawson's blood and guts in yeah. the, we need a kind of none shall pass, keep a clean sheet at all costs yeah. performance, don't we? Um, yeah. <coughs> we do with Billy Bonds back in uh, just in front of the back four. Yeah. 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 I'd like to have a Billy Bonds back in there again. Well it it, it, it I mean it it is starting to be an issue. I think we're all seeing something uh, not quite right about Kurt Zuma. And there have been rumours about some kind of injury or illness, mm. sort of chronic. Um, and I mean, he's still supremely powerful in the air. And he yes, he is. Yeah. Clearances, and it, yeah. you can almost guarantee that he'll get his head to it first when the ball comes into the penalty area. Yeah, but yeah. He's just got no mobility whatsoever. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, what do we think? Do we think, and we should probably be uh, sort of wrapping this up and looking forward to sort of predictions now, but um, yeah. do you, what do you, do you think that uh, Moyes will uh, hopefully finally really sit down and sort of, uh, make some changes because it it would seem that changes if the players aren't going to sort of suddenly improve it's got to be formation and personnel that changes you know and he needs to make you know make some decisions and sort of utilize some of these new players a bit better if the old ones just aren't you know passing muster he has to do something i mean for the sake of all our sanity he has to do something um, I mean, I do wonder what Mark Warburton's brought to the table. Um, you know, what, mm. what what influence, if any, is he having on how things are going at the moment? Um, but yeah, I mean, look, as I say, I've been a long-term David Moyes supporter. Like, we didn't want him to go the first time he was with us. We thought he'd earned his chance. No. Um, he's done so much to progress the club. Um, and I think he needs at least until the World Cup break to try and put things right. But yeah. if we're still languishing in the bottom three or four come the World Cup break, then I think some more drastic action is going to going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, you know part of what's been a frustration about him since he first came. But but you couldn't deny the results and what we were you know achieving on the field. Uh, so the fact that he was slow to make substitutions, uh, you know, seemed to like to leave 
the 11 players that had sort of dug themselves into a little bit of a hole out there to sort of fix their own problem, which I think is sort of, is kind of admirable, admirable in some uh, respects. But um, what he needs to do may seem to be a bit antithetical to his philosophy. And, um, you know, I, it will be, it will be bloody mindedness that, um, mm. uh, that would result in him not changing a damn thing. And exactly you know, last season's team coming out against Wolves on October the 1st. Mm. Yeah, uh, th that's my slight worry about him. Um, I, 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 I think we have to be patient. You know, any number, any team with this number of players coming in and needing to be integrated, I think, I think that was always going to be a bit of a challenge. You feel that with him being the first signing, Agab was always supposed to be a kind of court keystone player in yeah. in the in the plan of kind of involving a slightly more progressive, um, you know, playing from the back, playing through through the block sort of a, a approach to a more possession based game. And I, I think that's going, you know, that's not going to happen. It's, it's apparently clearly not going to happen overnight. With a mm. bit of luck, if we'd have had a little bit of luck, I don't think we'd be having quite the conversation. I still think we'd be complaining about some of the performances, but but we really do deserve to have more points on the board in the league than we do have to remember that. Those VAR decisions, five um, you know, shots against the woodwork that were, you know that have really cost us points. Um and I, I remain optimistic. I mean I think yeah as you say, as someone said earlier, on, I don't think he suddenly becomes a bad manager overnight i don't think the players become bad players overnight i think we've got to try and integrate them in he's got to he's got to do some urgent working out about you know what his best starting 11 is for the for the league um but you know we do have you've got you've got walls you've got fulham you've got Southampton coming out. those are those are those are games they've got to be looking at as games where you know everything we've got to raise it we perhaps get a bit more luck and i i'm sort of optimistic we'll get points from those games Actually, yeah. We looked at the, um, the the team lineup and the bench on Sunday before the game, and we were like, "Wow, just just look at the players we've got now." When you look at like the the Diops and the Mazuakas and the Fredericks and some yeah. of the youngsters who'd be sat on the bench, and then every player on the bench, we didn't double up on goalkeepers either. We had good quality players on the bench there in every position. Mm. Um, so we should be doing better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, school report should be doing better. Yeah. 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 Um so uh predictions for wolves. Um, I can't go. I'm gonna be in Birmingham. Oh right, okay. Um three nil. Jeez. Ooh. Oh, the wolves. <laughs> Jim. No, I think we're gonna I think I think I think that's gonna be the turning point. Excellent. What do you think, Jim? I I think we'll scrape it one nil. And I mean, scrape it. All right. I'm going to go for... Uh, I'm going to go for 3-1. One, 3-1 three one to us. Wow. They might well, score first. We've spent nearly an hour going on about everything that's wrong. And then... We've, uh, <laughs> it's know. like, yeah, 3-0, 3-1. He's got Not 11 days to sort it out. <laughs> and I mean, I think, you know, I think it... You know, that, that the... 
there are those games that are a kind of, they're a nadir, aren't they? And the only way is up. The the sort of Burnley game where Mark Noble wrestled someone to the ground in it, you know, was mm. you felt it couldn't get any worse. And that Allardyce season where we had that month of games where, uh, as he still tells us, he's probably telling someone now, he was manager of the month in uh, that February where we had four games and we won all four of them because uh, yeah. we had to win and they were all winnable and we did win them. Um, yeah. Uh, it yeah. feels like, you know, we've got this international break. Because I think we had a break after that Burnley game. Yeah, maybe. I think mm. we yeah. did. I think there I was mean, a sort of, there was a couple of weeks for them to sort of lick their wounds and regroup yeah. a bit. I mean, a bit of perspective and short memories, you know, that Burnley game, we were we were not in it and got thumped 3 0. Yeah. yeah. No one's walloping us. You know, That's the frustrating we, thing, we should it, probably have beaten Spurs. We should we could probably should probably have got at least a point against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on another day, we would that that forest game, that second half was a was a battering. That was, that could have been a mullering. You know, it's not that bad. It's the performances are not great, and it is problematic. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no one no one's given us a pasting, are they? No, 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 no. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we're just talking, aren't we? But it is it is the 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 trouble is. You know, as Jim says, the, it's the the sort of motivation, not, not so much the motivation, but there's just the, yeah, the mood and the spirit okay. starts to erode. If especially in a way, if you're playing well and losing, that almost you're going to leave the pitch with your head bowed, possibly even more than knowing why you got thumped. Mm. Continually leaving the pitch, going, "How the hell did we lose that?" That's sort mm. of that's season 2002-2003. It is. That's true. Yes. Yeah, that was very like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so well, at least there's a, we, we have some optimistic uh, uh, predictions for the <laughs> Wolves game. Uh, this has been Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans. With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Jim Monroe. Cheers, guys. Come on, you irons. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show... Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.